This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. This week on the podcast, we're talking all about endometriosis. That is what it is, how to go about finding out if you have endo, and we're talking to a woman who has endometriosis herself. Endometriosis is a painful disorder where tissue similar to the tissue that is normally found in your uterus grows on the outside of your uterus. In the same way that the tissue in your uterus will thicken, break down, and bleed during each period, the tissue will do the same on the outside of your fallopian tubes or ovaries, wherever the tissue is growing. But since there's no way for the broke down tissue to exit your body, the blood becomes trapped and thus results in severe pelvic pain during menstruation. Researchers believe that endo affects about 11% of women and menstruators. It's characterized by painful periods that extend before and after your period. There's more bleeding than usual with heavy periods or even bleeding between your periods. Pain during sex can occur and pain when you go to the bathroom. If you're experiencing any of these symptoms, go to your doctor and ask them about endo. And Larissa, our guest on the podcast, has a couple of questions that you can ask your doctor. She explains how she was diagnosed and also how long it took to get the diagnosis. Welcome, Larissa. We are so happy to have you here to help us better understand endo. We'll be right back. We have a special coupon just for you, our listeners of the podcast. You can get your first bottle of Jubilance for PMS for only $19.95 when you subscribe with the code WEEKLYWOMAN, no space. If you're ready to stop feeling anxious and irritable before your period, give it a try. Again, the code is WEEKLYWOMAN with no space for the promo code. And head over to Jubilance.com and try it now. Well, welcome, Larissa. It is so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being on. Nice. Thank you for having me. Yes. So you're calling in from Australia with your amazing accent. Where where in Australia are you? <laughs> um, so I am on the East Coast in New South Wales. Um, I guess the most well-known area close to me would be Byron Bay, if you've heard of that. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um pretty well established on the map. So I am 15 minutes south of there. Um, yeah, beautiful and sunny here most of the year. So pretty blessed to live in this little pocket of the world. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I grew up in Southern California in San Diego. So it was um very much similar. I don't know why I left, but... <laughs> I was about to ask you that. Why did you leave? I don't know. It's a good question. I live <laughs> in New York now. So, um, oh, wow. The weather. Gosh, that's a huge it, change. It is, but um, I do love it. So mm, there's so much mm. going on. Oh, I'd love to get to New York one day. Yeah. Oh, you've got to come. I've always wanted to do a um a white Christmas there. Oh. That one's, that's on my bucket list. I always found that strange because I grew up as you did with like palm trees at Christmas and like <laughs> you'd go to the beach on Christmas because it's summertime there too for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We normally have like a hot Christmas with like barbecues, throw a shrimp on the barbie kind of thing. Um, Very typical Australian Christmas. But I suppose all the Christmas movies we see like Home Alone, how full of those great Christmas movies, they're all you know, New York, White Christmas. I've always wanted one of those. 
Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good and bad. Yeah, I do love that, like, California warm Christmas, but, um, and yours sounds, like, idyllic. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. We're pretty lucky here. Now, um, you started Period People. Can you tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about what that is and how it came to be? Yeah, so um, I still don't quite know what I'm going to do with it, um, but I pretty much started it after being diagnosed with endometriosis myself um, a few years ago, um, and it's something I talk to, I guess I'm an osteopath, so I'm an allied health professional. I talk to my patients about it a lot. Um, I'm just sharing stories about the girls that I know, um and I kind of just started it one day to sort of start sharing information that my patients have found helpful um with the occasional little joke or meme in there um it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment um but I'm really hooked on doing it and connecting with the people in that community um I guess the main objectives that I'm trying to stick to um are sharing sort of up-to-date um news scientific research that kind of thing um in the menstrual health space um and just presenting it to people in a I guess easy to digest form um yeah that's pretty much what it is so far um just about yeah creating a nice community and yeah <laughs> it's so helpful that you can um you can share that with um your patients but then also with this broader community can you tell us um, exactly what is endometriosis for our, all of mm. our listeners? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know um, what endometriosis or endo is, um, it's typically described as a condition that people who menstruate often experience. Um, and it's a condition where, so you've got the endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus. Um, so tissue similar to the lining of the endometrium can grow outside of the body, sorry, outside of the uterus in different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been sort of um, around the ovaries, um, the abdomen, some people can have it in the thorax, um, lower back, that kind of thing. And it can ca cause a fair bit of pain um, with the menstrual cycle. Um, it's pretty painful. I think the World Health Organization has described it as one of the top 10 most painful conditions, mm -hmm. um, which <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Oh, the, the pain we go through as women, just with our cramps. My sister also has endo. So oh, um, really? I know how difficult it is and how, like, how much pain she is in every month, um, which yeah. is wild. Yeah, and so many people experience pain, um, you know, at different times throughout the cycle. Like I've had patients that they might get two or three pain-free days a month, um, and that's just horrible to think of. You know, there's no cure for it. Um, we don't have the best medical treatment for it. Um, we're trying, but mm. at the moment, there's not much to, to work with. Yeah. And you said that there's so much um, on your platform that there's so much gaslighting of women of mm -hmm. like what this is. I know it took my sister like many tries to to get diagnosed. Like she went to the hospital at one point and they were like, take some Tylenol. Um, mm -hmm. 
But uh, it, you said on your platform that you had to go to four GPs um, before you were able to get diagnosed. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, four GPs. I guess that journey started, um, I must have been maybe 14 or 15. Um, and I think that was not long after I started getting my first periods um, and being in quite a bit of pain. Um, I remember our first point of contact my mum and I um that was our family GP um who was a female and you know love her she's a great GP but yeah straight away she was like oh that's fine period pain's normal you're 14 you're 15 um I'll put you on the pill um so then it was okay for a bit got into university got into my 20s and that pain started getting progressively worse over sort of a period of one to two years um, and that was when it was during COVID actually. And I was like, okay, I've got a little bit of time to deal with this. Um, let's get the ball rolling. Um, so yeah, basically booked an appointment with a GP. I think the first one was like take naprogesic. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have that in America? I don't know what that is. It's, um, oh, it's, I guess it's like a, a pain relief over the counter. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, naprogesic. That's kind of what we're um, giving in Australia or just Panadol ibuprofen. Okay. Um, and that's what we usually take. Um, yeah, yeah. So goal. I was just told, yeah, yeah. So I was just told to take that. And that was frustrating because I think we've all had that experience as women that had menstrual pain. Um, it's like, oh, great. I didn't know that already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, third doctor, third doctor was interesting. So that was when I sort of went in and requested, I'd done a little bit of research by this point and I'd requested um, a referral to see the gynecologist. Um, and this doctor flat out refused it. Um, and I ended up later having to request his notes to send to the gynecologist and he had actually called me hysterical. Uh, like I was in so much pain so yeah that was interesting fourth doctor finally wrote me the referral but said it's probably not endometriosis it's probably just period pain um so that whole process was incredibly frustrating I think um it probably took a year to get to the gynecologist's office um just with you know doctor wait times COVID and all of that and me working up the courage <laughs> between each appointment to trudge my charge myself back to the doctor's office and kind of start again um but yeah it was incredibly frustrating and I know so many other people have had or are having similar experiences um and yeah it's just incredibly frustrating that's so tough especially when Mm. you're in the medical field yourself so you kind of know how the system works in a way or um know how to do the research because so many women mm. just don't even know how to like go about asking these questions. So what should women do if they feel like they might have endo? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. Um, and even me being from the medical profession, I know how to navigate that system and I found it incredibly challenging and complex. Um, so that kind of made me think, well, imagine how hard this is to everyday people who don't have that knowledge or don't have um, I guess those pathways or you know quick access to referrals um, I guess when people come to me with menstrual pain or pelvic pain and that kind of thing um, a lot 
of my job is sort of holding their hand and advocating them throughout that process. Mm. Um, so making sure that they're informed, they've got the right resources and they're referred to the right people to streamline that process and reduce waiting times. Mm. Um, it sounds, I mean, to me, it sounds really simple because it's, you know, potentially I have that knowledge, but a lot of people don't um, and it can, you know, help them get a quicker diagnosis and therefore help them get, I guess, the care that, or treatment they need, really. That's so helpful. I, I would definitely want you as my doctor um, that's <laughs> so, or, or um, osteopath. That's great that you're able to um, help them and kind of hold their hand as you kind of know now, like with pelvic pain, this is something to take seriously. Mm, absolutely. Um, now, do you do you have any like idea of why endo and menstruation in general is still such a taboo? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Mm, it's it's so tricky to believe, like in twenty twenty three, that we're still having to have this conversation. Um, but the reality is that we are. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. And I was thinking about this before. Um. I have a friend and she works in public health um, and she actually wrote one of her papers on menstrual taboos um, in Nepal where women are still today confined to menstrual huts during their cycle. Have you heard of that at all? Yes, it is yeah. wild. I can't believe that still happens. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I was sort of reading about that and historically how, um, you know, in a lot of cultures, women have been sort of shamed or put aside when we're experiencing our period. Um, you know, obviously in Western societies, that's not happening today. Um, I think it just really stems from that sort of deep misogynistic culture. Um, we still have that in our day-to-day -day lives. We still have that in Western medicine. Um, it's something that's not going away tomorrow and it's something that we just have to keep fighting for every single day but I think that's where it stems from um, and yeah. a lot of things I guess women's health menstrual health they're not spoken about enough um, it just needs to be more normalized yeah which I think is great that you have this platform that you're you're helping to normalize it and to tell your patients as well um, just to like start a dialogue and begin this conversation. Um, I, I, before I started this job at Jubilance, I actually was like, oh my God, menstruation. Like, I can't say this word. I can't buy tampons. Like if there's like a male at the checkout, but now I'm like, yeah, I can say everything, but I know, <laughs> but I know that, um, that taboo is hard to break. Um, but just yeah. the more that we can talk about it, the, the more we can normalize it. Yeah, and like still to this day, like when I go to the supermarket um, to get tampons or whatever it is I need, you still have this weird feeling of shame and you catch yourself having it. And I'm like, I run this platform. Like I'm supposed to be the complete opposite of this. Um, we just, I, yeah, I don't know why it still exists. You still feel, you know, they still call it, what do they call it? Feminine hygiene in the supermarket. Uh -huh. It's like, just change it to menstrual health or, yeah. Exactly. I know I dropped a period and or not a period. <laughs> I dropped a tampon <laughs> in front of someone the other day and I was like, oh my God. But then I was like, wait, why do I care? Like, 
yeah. why does this matter yeah and it's like if that person cares that's their problem like I <laughs> recently I'd say in the last year or two I've really started discussing like my period and endometriosis and that kind of thing openly um kind of started with I guess you know immediate family friends and that kind of thing and I found that every time I started talking about it I got a little bit stronger in saying it and it's gotten to the point now where I'm sort of like if anyone has an issue with that that's their problem um just yesterday I was in a car with my male colleague on the way to a job and I was like I've got really bad PMS today and I really don't want to be here and I'm probably going to go work from home this afternoon (laughs) just letting you know and I just think we need to be brave and have those conversations most people are okay with it Mm -hmm. how was he with it because he's in healthcare himself was was yeah he was fine he didn't blink an eye Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he saw me eating all the sugary snacks on the way to the job and he was like oh something's going on here (laughs) perfect (laughs) (laughs) so we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor jubilance for pms it's a daily supplement that helps you be you jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of pms That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilant Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. And, And so how would you advise women and menstruators to advocate for themselves. What what should we be doing to talk a little bit more about menstruation and endo? Mm, it's it's a really tricky topic because it is still, we still receive so much pushback, um, particularly if you're someone who's trying to get a diagnosis or trying to get answers for why you might be experiencing pain. Um, my biggest tip would be, and I hate that we have to do this, but we really have to take it upon ourselves to do our research and understand what's normal and what's not um, and know our own bodies and learn to sort of push back and advocate for ourselves, whether that means getting a support person on board, um, seeking help from a different medical practitioner, um, going back and saying, sorry, I don't agree. Um, And those things are all really hard. They're so much easier said than done. Um, But I do really think it comes down to really just backing yourself and also just arming yourself with as much knowledge as you can. Um, When I was sort of, I guess, seeking my diagnosis and had an idea that I might have endo, um, I read a few books. I read lots of um, published research papers. I looked at lots of government resources. Um, There was a lot of research I did to kind of be like, okay, I think I might have this. If I had have gone into any of my appointments not armed with that information, I potentially would still be, you know, at square one um, with no diagnosis, still wondering what was going on. Um, So, yeah. 
and I hate that we have to do our own research, but that's the unfortunate reality that we're existing in right now. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's great advice. What are those books that you read just so we can, um, our audience can know what, what, what to read? Mm, there's a really, and I'm not sure if it's available in the US, but there's a book in Australia called How to Endo by oh. Bridget Hustwaite. I think I might've said her surname wrong. Um, and there was another one by Dr. Jolene Byton. Have you heard of, she's based in the US. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that one's called. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a really great book in Australia called How to Endo. Um, she's a radio presenter in Australia mm-hmm. um, and she suffers from endo. She's got quite a big platform in Australia. But yeah, she wrote a book and that was one of the first things I picked up actually. Wow. Um, and it was amazing. It was even like it had a list of questions to ask a doctor or a list of questions to ask a gynecologist going into an appointment. Um, so if it's available in the US, I'd really recommend it. It was like a Bible um, and not just for endometriosis, like even just navigating pelvic pain or mm. um, pain with menstruation. It was. Yeah, I'm forever grateful to that book. Wow, that sounds so helpful. That list of questions mm. would be great because like, how do you even form those questions after you've done this research if you're not a medical yeah. person or just like, how do you navigate like this pain at the same time of figuring that out? But So that sounds really helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommend reading that one. It's really good. And Larissa, um, the question that we always ask on this podcast is um, what is your definition of womanhood? it's a really tricky question isn't it Mm. (laughs) it's very personal I would say womanhood to me it's it's so much more than I guess the typical physical characteristics that we're known as for being women um womanhood womanhood for me is probably learning to take my seat at a table that wasn't always designed for women um learning to back myself learning to stand up for myself and finding, I guess, space for me um, in a world that was essentially designed for men. That's mm-hmm. my definition of womanhood. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And everything about what you've been saying about Indo and your diagnosis and kind of this misogynistic worldview, but taking that seat at that table mm. um, and going <laughs> for it and, uh, and figuring everything out yourself. I, I think that's great. Great definition. Um, Larissa, is there anything else you'd like to add today? Um, It certainly is um, very helpful to a lot of women in the US. So um, yeah, thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. If you like the podcast, please review us on iTunes. It really does help. And if you want to take advantage of our special offer to help your PMS turn from stressful to nonchalant, use the promo code WEEKLYWOMAN with no space in between the two words at jubilance.com. Again, the promo code is WEEKLYWOMAN. Thanks for listening and see you next time.